from the Paddock Passion team. Welcome to the Paddock Pod. Welcome to this week's episode of the Paddock Passion Podcast with myself, Ellie, Alice and OQ. Join us this week for a good old catch up our opinions on a 25 race calendar, our favourite tracks and our earliest memories of the sport as well. We really hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Let's get into it then, guys. It feels like it feels a bit quiet in the world of F1 at the moment, I think, because we haven't got a race for a while. I'm I'm missing it. How are you guys? I definitely do. Although I thought that the Australian Grand Prix would like take some time to digest and it would just keep me busy for a while. It has been one week and I'm already like, oh, this week is not a race week. <laughs> what do we do? <laughs> I know I'm starting to kind of get that like oh it's not a race weekend this weekend now we've had like a weekend off it feels like we should have a race this weekend um yeah I feel like two two weeks is perfect because you as you said like you digest the one before and then you get excited again for the build-up of the next race and like I like just like the the two-week break I think like works now like oh Baku so far away (laughs) I know. We still have two weeks or yeah it's on is it the 30th so we've still got a little while to yeah. go oh. and so yeah in terms of like the breaks I guess between races that kind of leads us on to think about um how many races we've got in the calendar at the moment this year 23 races the most that we've had I mean what's our opinions on on having maybe more races increasing up to kind of like 25 into the future I mean obviously with F1 it is predominantly about making money the more races we have on the more money we can make out of the sport but obviously there is that fine line so I mean what do we think 25 races in the future? I think it's doable because obviously we have this long break this time because um, of China like that race not happening um so yeah I feel like it's possible but then also just to make the season longer so like when was it 2020 2021 when it was like finishing in December instead of November like just adding a couple more weeks onto the calendar itself probably will give people enough time between races I think like it'd be crazy to keep having like double and triple headers like all throughout the season but just like allowing a bit more time um not having these like long breaks in between races I mean it's definitely doable yeah I think it's definitely better for the fans what's really interesting to me is that earlier this month the F1 CEO mentioned that they could have up to 30 races but then I think it was just to highlight the fact that they have so much demand from promoters and countries and fans but I feel like at the end of the day this is a business and they're not saying anything just to say it they always have an agenda after it and now just two three weeks later we're discussing the possibility of having 25 races so I feel like they're building up on it and we might actually have 25 races in the coming seasons. In terms of like you know, obviously, Alice, you said it's doable. We we could fit in in 30 races, but should we? 
I think that's the important question Mm -hmm. and from the point of view of like yeah logistically we can get that in the calendar of course we could technically have a race (laughs) every weekend but um I think when it comes to the drivers it will be interesting because you know especially with drivers like Lewis and Alonso that have seen the sport they've been with it for for years does that become the point when we then change to 25 when they say you know what no like I'm not supporting that format you know when it's kind of then just about making money like what about like their well-being you know like it's so physically tiring they have to get over the jet lag the travel and everything I just personally think it's not something they should lean towards I think 23 is great even for fans I know I said oh Baku's such a long way away but that's what kind of builds that like you know that tension you're waiting for the race I think if there's one every weekend you'd be a bit less like you know, be like, oh, maybe I can miss this one. Yeah, then you wouldn't care so much about each and every race. It would be just replaceable in your mind. I've, I've be inclined to just stick, but stick with the twenty-five because I think it's just adding one more race if China gets back added in. But I'm so used to like F1 calendars being like sixteen, eighteen, or nineteen races, and then to think like twenty-three, twenty-four, and then from finish to twenty-five, it just feels a lot. There's a lot. I think like for the people who work in the sport, has a lot of pe- races to go traveling all around and that, much less time being at home and all that. Um, it's it's quite when you add all the numbers up, it's quite um, you know, it's, it's a lot goes into it. So. Um, if if they do that, I've, if they do want to add twenty five, then I think it's dependent on where these races are located and how they, or and the order they do it in, rather than you know one week we're in Baku, next week we're in Miami, then we're back in Italy and all that. They, I think it'd be better to sort of geographically order it so we could be Australia, then it'd be China, Japan, and you know, so we tick them off of that. So there's less air miles and then less jet lag and travel and all that. Yeah, and also I think for sustainability reasons, after the disastrous planning that we had for this season, I really want to see some major changes in the geographical grouping of the calendar. And I read somewhere that they're thinking of doing Australia, China and Japan back to back for the following season, which I think is really good and should be each and every Grand Prix, like just continent by continent or whatever works for you, but just make it more sustainable, please. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's interesting that you say that because I was just thinking in terms of like environmentally and everything that goes into it with the air miles. And obviously I know they're working towards being sort of carbon neutral with their fuels and things like that. But, you know, logistically yes they need to plan their calendar better but with adding races naturally you know in a sustainability sense it's not going to be positive and I know from their point of view they're just yeah they're going to think about (laughs) the money and everything and it's interesting as you said AJ about the people that work in the sport not just the drivers like I know some people that like you know from our point of view we chat to them when like we're like we'd love to be at all of the races and people will always say don't they it's not necessarily as glamorous as you think because you've got all that travel everything that goes into it and people um leaving the sport to obviously spend more time with their families and things so you know it might become more difficult for them to take people on board you might have a greater turnover of staff a negative environmental impact there's so many things so many knock-on effects that could happen 
as a result of adding more races. Yeah, maybe it's not that big of an impact with just one race added, but then where do you draw the line? Like, how do we know that for 2025, they're not going to go over 26 races, like one up every year? Like, it just it's enough, I feel like. But 25 races does sound quite nice, like <laughs> rather than 23 or 24. Like, that's quite nice in my mind to have like a round number like that. <laughs> 20, they should have stuck with 20. I think 20 would be yeah. ideal. Yeah. In terms so, of then, if we, you know, if we were to add on tracks. I mean, I know we've mentioned before in one of our episodes, but like where we would have races and things like that. Like, where do you think they're going to get if they go up to 30 races? Where are these tracks going to be? By stating the obvious, I go with the Istanbul Turkish Grand Prix, please. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would love to have races back here because I think in 2020 it was a really good race. I don't know if you guys remember. It was Lance's pole and he led the majority of the race. And it was three teams on the podium at the end. It was just, I think it's a good track, not just for mm-hmm. selfish purposes. <laughs> but I think the circuit is quite well. Yeah, for sure. I think they might probably go for another American one as well. Yeah, um, definitely. And um, I know as well, we um, we were talking at work about it, that there was rumours of maybe one in London, potentially, in the future, which... Like, I just think, yeah, would be amazing. But there's there's rumours, so hopefully there's some some truth to that. City circuit, please. Yeah, I just think, I don't know where they would do it in London. I can't remember what, what they said, um, the kind of what they were talking about, but I'm here for that. If they want to add London, that's fine. <laughs> well, formally you do it in, like, in the XL arena, so around Bass, is it not Battersea Park, it's like... Um close to like the airport is in like London City Airport so so around that area it seems to be like a, a hot spot for a racetrack so if that's if London's going to be one that's probably the best sort of direction to go for or I'm not sure about an indoor F1 race that would be quite um quite dramatic and a little different <laughs> than um than you know than Istanbul Park to say to compare I would yeah. like it in a country where there's not already a race like because if they're saying we're doing this for the fans then make it as much as I would love a London race um yeah I feel like make it um in a different country for the fans that then don't have to travel to other countries to see um F1 races yeah definitely but in terms of I guess then the drivers what do we think the drivers would think if you know they've gone from like 22 races and then in a couple of years it's proposed that there's 30 I guess they have to suck it up right I think so not another race (laughs) 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 I, I don't feel like any of them will mind too much going up from what 23 24 to 25 yeah. I think if there's then talks of going past that up to like 30 in like quite quick succession like in the next like two years three years we're going up to 30 races I think that's when drivers might get a bit like oh I'm not sure about this 
But I think adding the one more in will be fine and um, probably quite nice for them to have another race in the calendar, um, especially if we do like finish in like December instead of November. So it gives it a couple extra weeks onto the um, calendar as well. Um, then it's all good. Um, I think it might be a bit challenging for the rookies because I I'm not sure how many races are there in the F2 and F3 calendars, but I think it's less, right? Yeah, it's like about nine in F3 and then fourteen of fifteen in F2. Yeah, so to go up a ranking and all of a sudden having twenty five races, if you're already within F1, it might not be that of a shock just having one more race. But if the number is doubled for you, it's quite challenging to get used to, I think. Yeah, I think, and as well, we ask so much from the drivers, like it's not just the races that they do, like they have so many contracts with people and events that they have to go to and flying back and forth between, you know, they have to come back to England to do these events and it's not just the races. So I guess it's fitting that in as well. But you know, if if that's enforced, I guess it's the case of you either do it or you're or you're not in F one. But you're in or you out. <laughs> but yeah, it'll be interesting to see if that like sparks anyone's like retirement. Like maybe Lewis is like, no, I've just had enough. Like if they increase it to twenty five, he might be like, no, this now. <laughs> in my eyes, he's never old. But <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> I, I think I remember like years ago when the idea of 25 races brought up, I think Fernando said um, 25 is the limit for him and then anything above that, he's off. So yeah. whether you might think, you know, we're 23 races now, next year probably 24, we're trying to come back. You know, is, does he still have that mindset? Who knows? Um, obviously, he's not getting any younger, but really depends. Where, where, if he still has that stance? Yeah. Well, now he's at Aston, he might be thinking differently. If he can be on the podium every week, <laughs> yeah. he's like, get, <laughs> get all the races. Get all the races in. <laughs> <laughs> in terms of uh, racetracks, then I guess getting to know us all a bit better, let's have a bit of a discussion about our personal favourite racetracks on the calendar. If we could go to any Grand Prix, which would be kind of the ones that we would, yeah want to go to I mean straight away for me it's Monaco like that would be the Grand Prix I was I would go to above all the others is Monaco and I know it's not the best for racing like I'm very aware of this but it's just it's just iconic like it is just such an iconic race um such an iconic track it just seems amazing to go there I'd love to like go there on a yacht like that's my vision like <laughs> in full Chanel you know this is what I'm envisioning for my Monaco Grand Prix um but aside from that um I'd probably pick uh Australia um obviously when was it not last weekend weekend before um was just like an insane race but the vibes always seem to be like immaculate in the Australian Grand Prix and then it would also mean that I wouldn't have to wake up at like 5am to watch the race it would just be like <laughs> the time there so there's also that bonus um but yeah they would be my two 
<laughs> spend more money on flights though yeah but <laughs> I mean spend more money or wake up earlier I think I'm uh, on the spend more money <laughs> so I don't think it was that bad <laughs> I was literally like waking up then red flag and I was like I'll go back to sleep and I'll be like wake me up when it's over <laughs> <laughs> oh, we heard, we heard oh. intermittent, intermittent sleeping. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was a great way to do the race. That's just it, it was great. <laughs> can, can I just add? Obviously, you mentioned Monaco. We're going to me and Alice are going to Monaco in a few weeks' time for Formula E, and she's been saying you? all these. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. That's so, so cool. I know it's the science close enough to the Grand Prix, but. It will do. Um, and she's now saying all these yachts and all that. I don't know what, I, I hope she's not expect, you know, expecting this when we go to Monaco in a few weeks' mm. time. No, but like, yachts. <laughs> my vision board. Electric so what, yachts. <laughs> what we're going to do in Monaco is like make my vision board for going to the Formula One Grand Prix so I can like pick what yacht I want to sit on. Yeah. And all this stuff. Yeah, exactly. We're manifesting. We're gonna make a mood board. We're gonna get some crystals. It's gonna be a great time. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, I'm just I'm not sure about about Monaco. I think obviously it's up there and it's like, you know, all the history and everything is such a classic track. But I think in terms of the the experience, unless you were going as a VIP, as you said, on your yacht in your Chanel. <laughs> yeah, this is I what I'm imagining. <laughs> I'm just thinking of me like scraping the barrel, getting, you know, the standard <laughs> ticket just to just to see the race. I don't know if it's one I would go for in terms of you're not going to get much overtaking. I'm sure like some of the views aren't great and things. And then in terms of like where it is, like my um my one of my best mates actually went recently and she just said like the general vibe was like, you know, you're there. It'd be like Dubai, like if you've got a lot of money, you're really important, then it's good. But I think I don't know, maybe that's me overthinking. I think I'd feel a bit inadequate if I was that. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> For me, I think I would love to see Monza. Mm. It's a bit historical significance also, and I think the track is really good to be racing. I like Monza. Also Silverstone. I would want to see a Silverstone race. Yeah, I agree. I mean, for all of us, I think Silverstone, we'd be like, absolutely, let's get us there. Monza, we had some great winners there over the years. Yeah. Like, the, the Gasly win was, like, one of my favourites ever. <laughs> so good. It was epic. Yeah, for sure. I think um, it's interesting, isn't it, like, when you see the popularity around the different races, like, at work and things, we so we sell all of our tickets for our watch parties and, like, you'll just see the different amounts for, for each of the races and, like, definitely up there is, like, the most popular is, like, Miami, Monaco, um, Silverstone as well. But Miami, I think, is an interesting one because I'm not sure why it's, it's <laughs> so popular. Definitely isn't up there on one of my uh, favourite racetracks. <laughs> don't think anyone is is on their list maybe it's just for the party 
Yeah, it might be fun to see the Vegas race environment just because mm. of PR stuff that goes around it. The party, the costumes, the enthusiasm of the fans. I have my eyes on Vegas as well. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think like it's it depends what you measure it on as like your your favorite track. For me, I definitely go for like overtaking opportunities. I love just like all the all the action and I know like maybe other people go for more like yeah the ones with a big party and everything associated to it um but yeah it's interesting isn't it <laughs> yeah I agree um yeah I I don't know what I race I'd pick I'd say like spa I've never been to spa before I've mm-hmm. wanted to go many times I've came very close to going uh one once or twice uh, I think such a historical circuit you know always want to go there and plus it's always it's always sometimes there's always a chaotic race it sometimes it's chucking it down or there's always good at racing action that so I think for me spa is to go to that I'd say so I was Silverstone as well but like I've been to Silverstone like so many times now I can't count <laughs> <laughs> are you going this year I think yeah potentially um, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I think yeah because I've, I mentioned the story about obviously going to a wedding and then coming out with a Silverstone ticket somehow I did that I don't know how but there we go um but um yeah haven't spoke to him ever since, since then so yeah but let's see <laughs> you can do that with uh, Monaco get a ticket for Alice somehow <laughs> <laughs> so she can go on her yacht. Yeah, yeah I'll just. I'll if just I go, if I go wandering off when we're there for Formula E, then um, you know where I've where. gone to. I'll go <laughs> like I'll boat. go down the yacht. <laughs> look, Be like look, hi. Look, look, look for the boats. Look for the boats to see if it's there. I know. So I can... um, she'll be at Charlotte Claire's house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, <no>. Too soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I I shouldn't joke. Um, but yes, I don't know if anyone saw his his story the other day. It kind of surprised me that he put that on because I don't know about you, like I never would have. Not that I'd searched his address afterwards. I'm not saying that at all. But because that drew attention to it, I'm like, oh, that's like interesting that his address is out there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, what's your guys' opinion on like? Obviously, fans have caught on to where he lives. I'm sure they're probably quite local, I guess, to be in Monaco. Um, mm-hmm. They're there. They want to see their idol. They want to, you know, get a picture, autograph. But obviously, you know, that from his point of view is a bit of an invasion of privacy. What's your thoughts on, you know, that kind of fan stance? Yeah, I mean, I find it a bit weird because I know. I mean, this is going right off track. I know that <laughs> um, Zoe Sugg and like Alfie Days used to have issues. They're like old school YouTubers, if people don't know who they are. Um, <laughs> but they always used to have problems with people turning up to their house. And like for me, I think I, I find it so bizarre because that would never cross my mind to like do something like that. Yeah. Um, I think it's such like an invasion of privacy like obviously you can be a fan of someone and you can really like them but then it's like it's almost like stalker level when you're actually turning up to their home um 
I think that like yeah I really don't agree with that I know like um some channels and stuff will be like oh you can see him quite often at like this restaurant and here and that but like when you're actually turning up to someone's house then that's like when the line's gone too far um yeah, yeah. so I think, I think that, I go yeah. it's coming from a place of love and sport for sure there mm-hmm. are some boundaries that you just shouldn't cross and it's basic human common sense I feel like even though we had this address I don't think any of us would be like oh yeah let's go to Charles Duclerc's house you know (laughs) but also Ellie about what you said him posting an Instagram story I think it was so bizarre because now that the people are googling it and probably getting that information he might have people shipping stuff to his house people who are not usually in Monaco and cannot physically go there having his address I think that's another level of invasion of privacy and he created it himself because up until the point he posted about it I didn't know that it was going on like it was a thing you know I found it through Charles's own Instagram so I think just being so public about it, I understand he has every right to do, but I don't know if it's the best way to handle it when you have such a crisis. Yeah, that's what I mean in terms of like, I would have never come across that information and now he's told 10.5 million of his followers. <laughs> yeah. If you want to find my address, you can probably search it and it might come <laughs> up on like Twitter or something. <laughs> um but I guess no I think I completely agree with you both like it's just not like I was talking to my friend about it and I said look like because she like is really into YouTubers and stuff and I said yeah but realistically like if you knew their address and like even if they're in London if they're down the road would you go and she said no because I guess if you've got like admiration for someone I don't know why you'd want to put yourself in a position of I guess pissing them off like why would you wouldn't think like they're gonna be really happy that I'm at their house and also just imagine that poor man having a terrible terrible season after a race he just wants to go home and cry in his room (laughs) and he's not (laughs) at ease even there (laughs) it's chaos everywhere I'm so sorry for him I guess Mm. the one the one good thing is that because it's in Monaco like not your average Joe is going to be walking around like the streets and they're like oh yeah Charlotte Claire lives there like yeah. there's, there's only a select amount of people that can just hop over to see him. <laughs> yeah and I think Monaco is quite strict strict rules about it all because I know they're not allowed paparazzi papar- paparazzi paparazzi I forgot yeah. how to say the word paparazzi <laughs> there <laughs> sorry <laughs> like a brain moment um because that's why obviously it's like known for being this like mega wealthy place is like but like part of the reason is obviously like they know that they can kind of just go out to the shops and they don't have to worry about being papped and stuff um so I'm sure he's probably got the authorities involved in that and I think he's quite close to like the royal family so I'm sure he has it like sorted which also makes me wonder like he must like I think he is quite like influential in Monaco like he goes to all these parties with all these like like the royals and like the everyone that's like of high importance you know so 
Yeah, I wonder why it like literally had to take him to like put it on his Instagram to say stop. Like yeah. I assume he's got the authorities involved in some capacity. Um, yeah, I mean you'd call, yeah. wouldn't you, if if like mm-hmm. you'd call the police or someone and be like, There's yeah. people yeah. outside my house. But I just think it's so like, oh, he's so sweet as well. He probably like goes down and he's like, Hi. <laughs> <laughs> why yeah. are you here but yeah there's got to be a reason I guess why they all live there I know obviously it's like they have everyone history it's really glamorous and everything but definitely the seclusion as well is probably a factor of why they're all based there and now that's kind of been broken it's it's a shame really I mean um I used to be a big One Direction fan and I'm not going off on a tangent here but Why we all <laughs> yeah exactly um, but I remember like one time Louis was like, "Oh, I tweeted something like, oh, um, I hate it when you wake up in the morning and you've got no milk for your tea, and like a woman full up full on turned up to his house with like milk yes. and was like, hi, here, here's your milk. So like also, I mean, if it gets silly, just start tweeting random things and just see who shows up. Like, oh, I hate it when you run out of like uh champagne on a night out see rocks up you know (laughs) take your chances (laughs) i mean it's it's scary though like when you hear of these cases people have like legitimate stalkers like Mm -hmm. i remember kendall jenner had one a really serious one a while back and maybe we just see it's like oh they're f1 drivers it's such a huge like fan base they really interact with them they you know signing their merch tracks getting pictures they're all very like willing to be involved in that like fandom and everything but i think there's a line and it's like come on what what are you getting out of do you not have a job like where what are you doing with your time yeah, it's just it's just weird behaviour in my in my opinion anyway. It's just it's just not right. You wouldn't like it if someone, you know, comes to your house knocking on the door every five minutes asking for a photo of you. Probably like the first <laughs> like the first ten minutes, you'd be like, Oh yeah, yeah, have a photo now. But when it comes like when it's consistent mm-hmm. and like you just want your own space in that, in your own home, it get it's yeah, it's it's a clear breach of privacy and hopefully, you know. The authorities in Monaco are helping or something like for uh, poor old Charles. And um, yeah. If any of you is listening to this podcast, stop going to his house. <laughs> if well, you're one of them, yes. we, we, we stop it now. <laughs> oh, funny. I guess um, leading on from that and talking about fans, you know, we're all fans of the sport and obviously will naturally have drivers that we lean towards and things like that and I just want to hear from you know from all of you guys and just kind of so people can get to know us a bit better like what our earliest memories of the sport were was it a particular driver that got us into it a bit more was it a team and yeah just like how we became a part of this lovely F1 world I remember my dad and my granddad watching it when I was younger but I don't have any strong memories. I just remember it being like on the telly on a Sunday in the background, but like nothing in particular. And then it was in lockdown when I was like 
oh, I'll watch Drive to Survive because people were talking about it at work. So I was like, oh, I'll watch this, give it a watch. Um, and I got really into it. And then my mum got really into it because I didn't know, but she's a big Christian Horner fan and I had no idea. And then until I started watching Drive to Survive and he was like, oh, that's Christian Horner. And I was like, what? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the earliest memory was... Uh, yeah drive to survive really um but yeah that's kind of how I got into it and like very much from like the drama side of the sport I kind of feel like if it wasn't for drive to survive I wouldn't have got into it so much because I'm like I love all the drama that goes on behind the scenes and then like I got into the racing from that um have you got a like driver that you lean towards like are you a bit of a fan of it changes like it really changes um I like all the I call them my diddly bops um but they're all like my little cute boys <laughs> <laughs> so it's like Yuki and Nick and Alex and uh, even like George he he's like included and like Lando like all my cute little boys that I'm like oh and I can see the yeah (laughs) exactly cringing (laughs) yeah (laughs) I know but he has heard this before he has heard it It still makes me cringe every time yeah (laughs) I know no what made me cringe was um AJ once bought me I was a big Lando fan like my first year in the sport and that's when I met AJ too um so yeah, it's a big Lando fan, and he bought me this poster. <laughs> I don't know where he bought it from, but you know, like the old paintings and the eyes used to follow you around the room. <laughs> well, yeah, this Lando poster was that, like honestly, and I would have it like opposite my bed above my TV, um, and like it was just really because I'd be asleep and like you know I could just like feel someone watch me, and it was like this Lando poster. And then I moved it to my office. And then even then, it was like he was watching me. Well, I don't know. I couldn't cut it. So it's down, but it's like stored away. <laughs> I haven't thrown it away. It's just like stored. But um, yeah, I don't know. I kind of go through phases of drivers. Like I was really into Seb. And then I wasn't a big Fernando fan. And then start of this year when he was like doing all these like awesome overtakes and that, it was like really big into him. Um, yeah, I'm not loyal to anyone in particular. You're not loyal. No, <laughs> I'm not loyal. <laughs> they... <laughs> so my earliest F1 memory is as recent as 2020. And back then I wasn't watching Drive to Survive also so I didn't know anything about the sport and we had the 2020 Turkish Grand Prix and I don't know if you guys have seen it but Pierre Gassi and Alex Alban did like a um, road show with their cars driving around the famous monuments in Istanbul and at some point they crossed the bridge above the Bosphorus which is really significant because you know it connects two continents Asia, Europe is something big going on there but that day I had to use the bridge because I had to like shift continents so I was like so confused because the traffic is cut and the traffic is never cut 
And all the people around me, they were like abnormally super hyped and happy. And that's not your usual scene when traffic is caught. But they were like, do you see this? <laughs> and I was like, do I see what? And they were like pointing at cars and stuff. Now thinking back to it, it was such a grand moment, but I was just fuming because I didn't understand anything. I was like, why am I waiting here for five hours just because two guys are driving in the road? <laughs> but yeah, apparently they were Alvin and Gasly. Who could have thought? <laughs> that is a story that I don't know. Like, wow. How do any of us top that? We're like, yeah, we were walking along one day, like this famous <laughs> bridge and yeah. <laughs> yeah only I knew I wish <laughs> do you like do you follow a team a particular driver or are you just kind of like just enjoy the sport I enjoy the sport and when it comes to social media I follow everyone I'm not really about it but at heart I'm a Ferrari fan yeah so I want to see that world championship hopefully <laughs> Tough year for you, so yeah, that's not happening anytime soon. <laughs> Can I just ask, um, are you do you support Pierre and Alex, even though on that specific day when you were crossing the bridge, they pissed you off because it was five hours delayed? Do you do you do you do you, do you like them still? Or <laughs> oh, I have this internal hate for them. <laughs> no, I cannot like them. Like I follow everyone on the grid except those two. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, we're good. We're fine. Um, <laughs> I forgive them. <laughs> yeah. Um, I suppose it's like mine, and mine dates back all the way back to the late nineties. Um, when I was a um a small child, and uh, my granddad was heavily into is heavily into sort of motorsport, Formula One. At the time, um, from my mum's side, the bigger to F one, and sort of naturally, I grew up watching the sport. From then, um, been watching it ever since I was a um, like this child from my teenage years, even to now. You know, you know, was started off as like a a fan, used to collect all the toys and everything, and that. And then, sort of early two thousands, I wanted to do like more stuff with that, so I did YouTube, I did blogging for that, and then, yeah, sort of the passion grew, got opportunities, did a degree on it. Um, the whole dissertation about Formula One and then got to work in the sport for uh, for two seasons which was exciting and then yeah still share this love for the sports you know now even though it's uh, very different to what I remember back in the day when it was like it was either McLaren or Ferrari winning there was refueling um the TVs were literally just square boxes <laughs> rather than the flat screens you see now um and like there was no social media or anything like that so that's my earliest memory um yeah I feel really old saying that story now <laughs> <You're> <laughs> definitely like the 90s. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you knew it before it was cool you know you're one of the cool kids it's an OG yeah uh, I'm, I'm yeah I'm like a <laughs> F1 boomer if I say that <laughs> <laughs> Oh, funny. I guess um, I'm like in between you guys. I'm like, oh, my earliest memory, I'm not sure exactly what I would pinpoint it as, but mine was initially 
Jensen Button I was quite a fan of him I guess like early 2000s my family would always have it on always just have the race in the background and then you just hear like my dad always talking about you know the British drivers Lewis um, and Jensen so we'd always kind of like look out for them every week and just cheer them on but yeah like ever since kind of been like into it in school I keep up with it a bit and then I think when I went to uni I got really into it through like podcasts like I love podcasts when I'd go on like a walk and I love like sports podcasts and things that quite like inspirational and things like that and then yeah I just kind of started listening to like F1 podcasts and got it into it like a bit more that way and then just through social media I think has been so great in the last few years of just like educating us all there's always things going on that we don't know about and yeah it's it's so nice as well to just see like everyone come along with it I think it used to be such a thing like I would just put it on and watch it myself and then right now to literally like yeah like going to the events at my work and you're just surrounded by hundreds of people watching it is such a nice evolution that it's had and like even my friends are not like the hugest fans but they'll text me on race day and be like oh you know good day for so and so and then like my 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 dad and brother will text me and be like oh Lewis did well this week and things like that so yeah it's definitely like everyone in my life is kind of connected to it in some way my mum always jokingly says that I will never marry anyone that doesn't watch F1 because I just talk about it <laughs> true though <laughs> it's like a big criteria now isn't it <laughs> it is it's literally like my number one thing when I'm looking for a man <laughs> is gonna yeah. be do you watch F1 <laughs> yeah it's a huge deal breaker for sure <laughs> it is when, when it's in your life so much yeah. like come on they're gonna get so bored of you <laughs> <laughs> I, I know when we first met AJ was like he was like oh if you don't watch F1 it's like not a big deal it's like fine whatever and I and then like now I'm just like you could not like be with someone <laughs> who wasn't into F1 because like no girl is putting up with like oh sorry I, I can't come out the F1's on like even if I met him a year before I would be like what the hell like no okay bye but I think it definitely is good um when you're both into it because I was still quite new when I met AJ like into F1 and everything um and then obviously his like passion and knowledge got me more involved in the sport but I feel like you kind of have to be on the same wavelength of um at least watching f1 every like time it's on uh yeah it's a big commitment imagine mm-hmm. like your your partner i mean you don't have to have everything in common but being such a regular thing and the races we're gonna have 25 soon you yeah know, you're committing to especially if you're watching quali free practice mm-hmm. the race talking about it as you do all the time they yeah. need to be they need to be involved in this <laughs> yeah. I imagine if I can commit to a sport like that how I can commit to you <laughs> think of <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, I, 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 what? I think the opposite I don't have space F1 <laughs> is my only love <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, what I love oh. is my my brother one of his best mates got married last year and at, um, I didn't know they were big F1 fans um, 
but you know when it's like your brothers maybe you kind of know them but I never knew he was like big into F1 or anything and um their tables at their wedding reception were um named after like um F1 related like teams or tracks or um even drivers um and yeah my brother was like telling me about art he was like oh you and Aaron would have loved it so much they were all like F1 themed <laughs> Are we allowed that on wedding. our wedding? <laughs> you... No comment. Get married. <laughs> yeah. No, no, we're not no getting. Comments. No, don't, don't be starting that rumor. <laughs> because I have people like calling me up here and like, what? But we're not getting married. <laughs> we're not engaged. They're calling and be like, what is the Norris table? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They'd be like, who's Norris? Or, or like, you didn't have a granddad called Norris. He's like, yeah. Yeah. I, mean... I know. But, um, yeah, let's move on from that conversation. <laughs> <That's> like, <laughs> I don't know how we got onto that, like, oh, criteria of our dating. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> And how about you, Ellie? Do you follow any teams or drivers in particular? I think Lewis Hamilton, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do you know, it's so funny because, like, I really, in terms of my love for the sport, it is literally, like, the whole, just everything. I follow all of them. I watch F2 and try and keep up with, like, F3 drivers where I can because I want to watch that whole progression and, like, really enjoy when drivers get into F1. So in terms of the sport as a whole, like, I don't, the reason I love F1 is not because of a particular driver. But as you said, I think the thing with Lewis is, like, it's not just him as a driver there's so much that comes with him and I've really like followed his kind of passions around like veganism like I'm vegan as well and sustainability the like Black Lives Matter movement he's so passionate about everything like that and that's something for like him and Seb them as a combination like when they were on the grid I just really admired that about them and like even now when I see Lewis post like his little things on Instagram they really do like cheer me up when I read it I'm like you know and after what he went through at Abu Dhabi I'm like he came back and he was so mature in that situation I think he's just such like an inspiration to so many people and like just such a mature driver and has so much wisdom with that and like yeah I just really I just enjoy him being in the in the sport and I think I will be really upset when he goes, but it won't change my passion at all for it. Um, And then, yeah, just like, I'm really enjoying the sport at the moment. I think all the drivers on the grid are really great. And I'm just like, yeah, I just think so many of them have so much now as well. Outside of the sport, they're happy to share their views and things. So, yeah, Lewis, but everyone. (laughs) Nice. It's nice. Right, if we wrap it up there then for this week everyone we hope you enjoyed this week's episode a nice good chat and like get to know us all a bit better as well and um, as always you can keep up with us on social media at paddock passion and let us know your thoughts about this week's episode we will see you next week